Welcome to the Good News Bay podcast, where we are making Bay County brighter one conversation at a time. Each podcast is all its own and is a little bit unique, and today we have the special treat of having with us Dr. Scott Dean, who uh, has been practicing in Bay County for 34 years uh, as a nephrologist, and uh, we'll talk a little bit for some of you about what that actually is, but um, I'm excited to have him. He is uh, someone who graduated from uh, medical school and began practicing medicine here in Bay County. You, uh, You actually graduated... Uh, from a medical school in South Florida, is that correct? That's correct. University of South Florida in Tampa. Sweet. Yep. <clears throat> Moved up here in 1990. That's legit. Yeah. Not that I expected any different. So uh, practicing in Bay County since 1990, that means that uh, you have practiced um, medicine through a number of different things. So we're talking about somebody that was here uh, during the hurricane. Yep. Somebody that practiced medicine through uh, also a pandemic and has seen the challenges along the way. But before we get into to some of, uh, some of the, the, the things that we are seeing now really, re- related in how really just life, it's kind of a, in some of ways it's a personal story of your journey and practice in Bay County, I want to talk a little bit about how you got into this. Um, and maybe, you know what, let's, let's start with, uh, you've got a, a, a phenomenal wife named Mary. I do. Don't you? I do. Yeah. I have definitely married up. Thank you. Mary, Thank we you. know you're listening and we wanted to say hello. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank uh, you. She is a, she's a doctorate, she has a doctorate in, in pharmacy. pharmacy. Yes. And she's somebody to be admired because after raising children, she went back and got her doctorate degree at the University of Florida, but she will always claim Auburn as her say, wherever she's at, she's as her home. So yeah, yeah, she's seeing War Eagle right now. So there you go. Yeah, she's a woman to be admired and someone who, in every aspect of life, has brightened my world. So I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm glad I gave you that opportunity to <laughs> to, to write that wrong. It's good. Um, so listen, you are a third generation physician. Correct. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that history. There's just, they're not, the, the people have noticed, by the way, the ones watching have already seen that there's a black bag yep. on my table that does not look like it's normally there. Yes. So this black bag is about 100 years old, um, and that originated from my grandfather, okay. who died in the early 1970s, but he was an assistant uh, attorney, uh, Surgeon General. Uh, under JFK and worked in the public health service, primarily in Puerto Rico initially, uh, but then in Washington, D.C., and then also did emergency room work. Uh, My father also went into the public health service and worked initially for two years on an Indian reservation in Lawton, Oklahoma, where I was born. Wow. Yep. And so there's a lot of uh, history and stories behind that as well. And then I think uh, having the opportunity to just walk behind my father who walked very fast with his long white lab coat in the halls of the hospital and listening to people say, hey, Dr. Dean, uh, gave me an opportunity to understand the respect of the profession and the uh, challenges as well. So. Now, you told me there was kind of an expectation for you to go in the medical field uh, when you graduated high school, right? Right. So, I mean, I think I pretty well had made that um, clear to my father at that point because I had already started working as a phlebotomist uh, probably my sophomore year of high school, 
which meant <clears throat> being in the hospital at 6 a.m., ready to draw lab from uh, patients with my braces on. They were asking the question. I was going to are, say, are, like, are if you... I'm in the hospital and you said you were 16? Correct. And with braces. And, and the question yeah. was, are, are you really old enough to be drawing my lab? Have you done this before? And, Am I your very yeah, first it, stick? It, all that, right. So that I was say, going which on. which arm do you want? Like, which one are you good at? Correct. Right. Which one's the best arm? So, um, <laughs> anyway, th th there is a process, obviously, to getting from here to there. So... That started very early, and I think I just had an interest in it, and I knew that was something I wanted to do. But there was never a plan B, by the way, in case the degree in biology didn't work out. So uh, at graduation, <clears throat> uh, I got a card from my father, and that's all I got. Uh, they, he attended the graduation, though, but uh, he said in the card, congratulations, you're almost halfway there. <laughs> wow. And I had no idea what that meant at that point. Uh, there was so many distractions going on at the time of graduation. And it was a recollection I came up with years, years later when I began to appreciate the path that I was on mm -hmm. and then also the understanding somehow that he had of not only where it was but how long it was going to take me. That was just remarkable. I, I don't know how I came up with that. So, so you, um, when you came to Panama City, you began to work at Nephro Nephrology? Nephrology Associates. Associates, yep, and I've been um, there ever since. And you came in as kind of a, a junior partner, I don't know if that's the right term. Correct, I was the youngest guy in town. and You're not the junior partner anymore? I'm, this, I'm the oldest partner <laughs> in town. I'm not the, I'm not the president, but I am the oldest you got a lot of young guys, that's all that means. <laughs> so, so um, I said that at the beginning, I, I said we'd explain what nephrology was. You have helped me know more about that. We're talking about kidneys predominantly, correct? correct? Study kidney diseases, and that involves you know, dialysis patients. Uh, we currently serve five counties, and we have seven dialysis units. Uh, I'm the medical director of the facility up in Mariana, um, and also the one in Port St. Joe. I have uh, three other uh, really fine, outstanding, hardworking uh, partners that, that work with me who also serve uh, and take care of other patients in other um, units across town. We have one in, on the beach, we have one in Lynn Haven, we have one in Panama City as well, so, uh, and then one also in Shipley. So, uh, you know, one of the things, and, and I, I don't want to miss out on some of the other d topics that I know that we wanted to discuss, but I, you know, I like to talk about um, optimism but not optimism that kind of denies the reality. To me, if you're just positive all the time and you don't look at what truth is, then Correct. that's that's not necessarily good. And so, um, you know, I, being from Panama City, uh, I know that uh, we've been through some stuff, and I know that uh, medical treatment has, it took a hit with a hurricane. Yep. Um, we're coming up maybe actually right at, by the time this airs, the fifth anniversary of Hurricane Michael. Um, both of our hospitals took major hits. Yep. Um, it was tough during that time. Before I really go further, talk to me a little bit as one who was handling patients that uh, needed treatment, uh, but the challenges with the hurricane and power being out and lack of water, et cetera. Yep. What was it like to try to well, find and treat your patients? Well, it was, um, it was very challenging because number one, we didn't have communication. Yep. Uh, we didn't we didn't have electricity, uh, and we didn't have water. And and if you do not have safe water, uh, you cannot keep alive the 300 and some patients that we were expected to dialyze three times a week 
alive. And this is not just tap water. This isn't just eking fine no. water. This is like carbon filter times. Reverse osmosis, ultra pure water. Yep. And so uh, we were fortunate and with good leadership, started uh, long ahead of time. I certainly sing praises to my junior associate doctor partner, Dr. Compton, mm -hmm. president of our practice. She spent the night at Bay Medical Center and uh, was able to uh, kind of keep things together. She's the medical director at Lenhaven. That's where we kind of had our primary dialysis going on, but we had to basically truck in water from outside the state in order to provide the dialysis water that's necessary to do the treatments for these patients. And the other thing is the, the pr providing company, uh, DeVita, who did an outstanding job with uh, disaster preparation as well as kind of almost search and rescue for 300-some patients to find them in their homes in the midst of uh, downed trees, downed you know, neighborhoods, unpassable now, roads. Now, I'm, for those of you listening and not watching, I'm... I'm, I'm putting my hand on this this uh, this bag, this medical bag from 100 years ago that was your grandfather's. I'm assuming the way we treat patients today is a little bit more complicated than it was then. Correct. Uh, we can do a whole lot more to preserve life and prolong life, and all of the, the accommodations that were made allowed you to continue to help patients uh, that would have been extremely anxious, I would imagine, during that time. Is that correct? Well, absolutely. Um, I think the company that we work with um, has you know, did an outstanding job, again, in preparation for, for all this um, and continue to provide support and, and throughout the state because, um, you know, we live basically in a hurricane area and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, hurricanes are just kind of a fact of life right now for everybody. So <clears throat> just... Pointing out current state of things, the fact of the matter is that um, we number of physicians has gone down since that time uh, in our in our area. Just kind of in general, well, population did. Is that a fair statement? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yep. Uh, then we had a pandemic. Correct. Um, and we were all thankful for the heroes that were in and are in that field. You were, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's a secret to anybody that knows me that you're a friend of mine and you're one of those folks that I was reaching out to to find out, like, how do we walk through this? Right. But you were, um, you were in the middle of it. Uh, we've seen, we know that the national trend and state trends are that we've had a lot of people leave the medical field since the pandemic. Is that true? Yeah, I think uh, nationally, I think the statistic I heard was that we had a million healthcare providers leave healthcare as a consequence of the pandemic. Well, some of y'all are listening, you're like, I thought this was good news, but it is. But I, I want I, I want you to know that like, we live in a world where we know that we've got an aging population. Yep. We know that the doctors, um, the, the average age, uh, they're not all as young as Dr. Dean is, no. and so the average age is continuing to Thank increase. You. Uh, and they're, they're near it. Many of them are nearing retirement. If I've got a lot of folks that are business minded people that listen. And so they'd be thinking about like, uh, the, 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 the boomers and how there's going to be this turnover of wealth. Well, there's also an aging population that for years, the economists have been talking about the medical field, right? Tons of opportunities in the medical plenty, field, plenty of opportunity, not near <laughs> enough supply to meet the demand. Currently undersupplied, um, and it presents a challenge, mm -hmm. but an opportunity. And clearly, uh, if you want a job to be able to have one, you can walk into it right after graduation. 
Healthcare yeah. provides that for you. And well, there's so many opportunities in healthcare. To me, one of the good news pieces of this, and I, and I kind of want to segue into it, you're like, none of this is good news. Well, number one, I asked you this question earlier, what can we do to encourage physicians that currently have made this, like Bay County, the place where they live? Like we want to encourage the physicians we got yep. because it's, there's, no, there's no surprise that all across the country, waiting rooms are going to be full because there's more people needing care than there are physicians. Correct. So you said patience helps a lot. Yes, and that would be patience, CE, not the for the P patients TS. Does that make you. sense? Okay. Oh, yes, sir. I got it. <laughs> you picked up on that. I got it. Okay. Yeah, I have the spiritual fruit of patience <laughs> <laughs> rather than just being the one who needs to be seen. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think that whole respect issue, um, and when I started understanding a little bit about the results of the workforce analysis that the Florida Medical Association put out in 2021, indicating that the state had developed a plan, yeah. okay? We need, I'll put a number out there, we need 50,000 more nurses by the year 2035. Mm. In anticipation of understanding that need, they've put almost $200 million into the state budget to support nursing programs, yeah. okay? As a same token, in terms of graduate medical education, which would be fellowship and training programs for physicians mm. uh, in 2013, they uh, opened up three more graduate education programs for physicians. So th th there is a plan, and it's being it's recognized as as an issue. Yeah. Um, and I would just encourage everybody, if you know, to consider to consider healthcare. It's uh, it's a challenging, yeah. but uh, boy, you can have value for the rest of your life. I think it's important <clears throat> important for people to see that it is a not just a local issue, it's a statewide issue, it's probably right. a national issue, yes. um, and uh, those are issues we can't solve today on Correct. this podcast. No. What I would say, though, is there's something that's intrinsically valuable and fulfilling to what you do. Like, for those that do, in my view, those that do medicine and do medicine well, it's a calling and not just a career. It's not something you go yeah. into so you can make a lot of money. Now, my personal belief is that in any like I do believe in capitalism and freedom and all those good things. And so the best and the brightest should make the most in my opinion. Like, and that's traditionally why many of your best and brightest, like I want the brightest surgeon I can find. Absolutely. Um, that may not necessarily be the case today, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make you tell that negative story because that's that is a, like, there, there's not a lot of good news on that side of it, I don't think. But you didn't get into it predominantly for that. No. No, and I, and I will just tell you, I went into a profession that would offer me uh, a comfortable living. Yes, sir. Uh, but more importantly, it would be fulfilling for me and the opportunity just to provide a service to mankind, value to everyone that I had an opportunity to help. Um, and so it was, uh, as you've said, a calling, but there was something more that was going on that I didn't really see and understand when I was young. Okay. And it was a lot of this was just a matter of putting your feet in front of one foot in front of the other to keep walking towards the goal. And, you know, if you have the attitude, I'm going to shoot for the moon and do the best I can all the time and everything that I do, mm -hmm. that that worked out. Okay. It, it was good. And if so, if there's a science bent, if there's a uh, good performance in the classroom, I would encourage everybody to consider health care. I mean, 
you, you can, you, you'll have a lifelong occupation, that's for sure. Well, we did talk about the fact there's a lot of different avenues to that these days. And to take the route that you did all the way to this, the role of physician, um, that's a lot of steps and a lot of years. And that's a good thing. It's a noble thing. Right. But there's a lot of other pathways that involve um, sure. uh, nurse practitioners right. uh, and other varieties of nursing. All of those fields are needed and the demand is bigger than what, what it is. And so if you're trying to figure out what am I going to do in life, um, those are options, but I think I, it's, I, uh, I get, I've not gotten to know a lot of people, um, through ministry and an awful lot of those, just like a lot of the people that I've met in law enforcement, they want to help people. Yep. Like they want to be there when it turns the worst, they, they don't run from it. They run to it. So many that are physicians or that are in the medical field, they're compassionate. There is, I'm not saying it's always that way, but I've, I've witnessed your bedside manner, and it is, it's not normal. Like, it's extra, uh, it's exceptional. Um, and that's, I mean that as a compliment, well, but there's you. a caring nature there that is part of what has wired a person that has the ability to understand all the things physiologically that are, or biologically that are going on, but at the same time communicate care and warmth to those whose systems, it some, in some cases, may be sure. shutting down, right? Yeah, well, it's, it's real simple in my mind. And that is at, one, at some point in my life, I may be the one in the bed. It may be me who is desperate for help, desperate for time, desperate for someone who is willing to take the time just to understand what is really the need that I have. And as a consequence of that, it requires and demands my time, but I also want to offer that as well because it's just human compassion. Well, it also has become personal for you in ways that I don't think it would have been otherwise. Uh, and I say that because you've made this your home for so many years and you've created relationships right. with patients that have been, some of them decades long. And that's not just another warm body. I mean, nobody would ever say it that way, but having pastored in other places, I love the people that I pastored but these days, in many instances, I'm pastoring people that I've known most of my life. Correct. It's personal. It is personal. It's not just a family going through right. a hard time. Right. And you get to know the patient, the patient's spouse. You might meet the children. You have repeated or intercurrent hospitalization. You get to meet more extended family. Um, so, yes, these are, these are people you do care about. Absolutely. Well, and, and Dr. Dean, I think, I think to me, this is one of the things that should make those that are listening or... Or, or, or watching, like it's, to me, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's what's going to give the warm fuzzies related to this podcast because it's not just about the potential for financial growth or those kind of things. It really is the idea that there are people in our community, because you're not the only one. You are one. Right. But we do have a number of physicians here locally that care about their patients and literally day in and day out, through hurricane pandemic are, right. are providing consistency. Yes. And, and not just for them, but for their families. Yep. Talk a little bit, if you can, um, you know, I deal with the beginning of life as we talk with, uh, right. you know, we meet with families where babies are born, but also with the death side of things. And you, you happen to be with those often in ICU and toward the end of life. Right. How do you, I know you to be a man of faith. Do you see opportunities in those moments to give care beyond just the physical care? Because there's such big questions and emotional things happening then. Right. Well, 
I just gave uh, you something tough to respond yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, I'm just saying, ultimately, we all understand that no man lives forever. Yes, sir. And I also understand that when God calls you home, no man stands in the way. All right? So we are fortunate that we live in an area of faith. We live in, if you want to call it the Bible Belt, whatever it is, but it's a conservative but deep understanding that our God, who created us, also calls us home, and we have that opportunity to spend an eternity with Him. So as a consequence, understanding a patient's faith belief and their understanding and confidence in the life thereafter and their salvation is imperative for me to be able to make reasonable, wise decision-making in terms of do I initiate more aggressive care or am I okay allowing the patient to remain comfortable but understanding that, again, aggressive continued care may be futile. And it's a difficult discussion sometimes to initiate, but in the right setting, in the patients who already have a faith foundation, it is a welcome discussion that the uh, patient and the family uh, appreciate. I'm going to speak as a, as a pastor right here because I think it's really a special thing because what I hear when you, you talked with me about being in a space where families are trying to make decisions, yeah. it is, I, I've witnessed this to some extent, when, when, when mom or dad or grandma or granddad is able to look their children or grandchildren in the eye and say, I'm going to be okay. Like that is a that is an awe-inspiring moment. And I know it may not feel like it ought to be on a good news podcast, but there are people that are in those spaces and in those moments, and there are a number of those in Bay County, I'm blessed to know at least one, that is able to be the voice and the encouragement that I'm not in those spaces. And that's a calling. And I would say, and I know, I know you know, what do you say to that, right? You, 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 those that can't see you, you, you your, your head drops because that's a big statement. But listen, yeah. law enforcement can be the same way. Sure. It's yeah. a beautiful, I'm grateful for somebody that can help well, families. Well, and, and, and I'll just say, because again, we think back on the path and the process to get to where I have eventually landed. Yes. And it has been a process. And sometimes, during the process, we don't understand why. Sometimes the process is not necessarily pleasant. Sometimes the process may not necessarily be what we personally choose moment to moment. Mm -hmm. But looking backward now on the opportunity in my life and the number of people I've had to have personal conversation with one-on-one, -on -one, behind closed doors, and really understand the true gift of God available to each one of us to be children of God and to be of Him and to have eternity with Him is a personal relationship that I have with my patients. Mm -hmm. And I don't ever want to abuse that opportunity and it's not necessarily always given with every patient, but, right. but, it, but the opportunity is still there. Well, and I think it's fair to say, because I don't want to, like, I want to be really careful, though I know you to be a man of faith, I also know that you build relationships with your patients, and you are able to pick up over time, and maybe relatively quickly, depending on what they mm -hmm. share with you, 
like what is professional or not like you you know how to be able to to walk with them along those professional lines yeah, am i saying that right well absolutely well yeah you spend time with them you know my, my first encounter with the patient is generally in the office 45 minutes in the hospital maybe a little less than that but it begins a foundation of caring a foundation of valuing them by giving them my time mm -hmm. and I think that appreciation begins that relationship of saying okay he cares about me enough to know and then from there we can build on it so well I know that I am encouraged um, having spoken with you more at length Thank today you. about the ins and outs of, uh, of what um, what it looks like to, to practice um, a calling yeah, you know, if it's calling. about the dollars and cents, at no. some point you're going to get, you're going to quit. You're going to get tired of it. Yeah, you're going to get frustrated a little bit. But, but when um, it's a true calling. Yep. But, but the, the, the blessing, though, um, is beyond, beyond eternity. I mean, the, the value of that and the understanding of that, um, which may not be there at the beginning, and it's very challenging when you're doing this and also raising children mm -hmm. to be able to see the light through the through the woods and through the forest and everything, but I think later on in life, um, you get an opportunity to slow down just a little bit, take a step back and appreciate kind of, okay, I now I understand why this was uh, maybe more difficult than I thought it would have been. Now, I'm gonna change gears before we close it out. Okay. And I didn't tell you I was gonna do this, but I, but I think it'd be all right. Um, I know you well enough to know, and I'm not a golfer, but you are, uh, or you have been, Yes, yes, and, still, and so, still playing. So upon occasion, upon occasion where the, the, the phone's not ringing and you're not on call and those kind of things, you like to get in this Florida sunshine, don't you? I do, yes. Uh, and uh, I encourage you to do as much of that as you can. I appreciate that. Uh, Thank you. And I am trying to do that, actually. Yeah. Well, I know you've encouraged <laughs> me to try to, try to uh, get out on the water from time to yeah, time. Yeah. And so uh, uh, I am grateful for the commitment you have to your calling. I'm grateful for those that you represent, even in this podcast, that are other medical professionals. Thank you. Um, you know, we all uh, are grateful for those that do provide the best care that they can in this community. And we have a lot of people there. We are so blessed um, with the number of caring healthcare providers we have. And so many are Christians and are willing to encourage and pray and uplift uh, you um, any moment of the, of the day, any shift, any day of the week, they're there. Well, whatever your career, whatever your calling, whatever the thing is that you, uh, and I'm talking to our audience now, yes. that you're about in life, <clears throat> use it to make Bay County and beyond a brighter space, right? Like, let that light shine. Amen. Dr. Dean, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Absolutely. Right. Thanks, Steve. Thank you so much for joining us for the Good News Bay podcast, where we are making Bay County brighter one conversation at a time. Please help us share this good news and change the conversation by liking, sharing, and subscribing to the podcast.